Hello and welcome to Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode. What happened with the Mince raids, and like what sort of due diligence is Mince conducting? Why were they raided? It seems like detaining employees is a pretty extreme step. So we don't know um, why they were raided. We know from a public reports that they had a, a Singapore national employee who was blocked from leaving the country. I think in January, the Singapore government got her out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, it looks like they were looking at something, you know, starting in January, um, and then they they raided the offices, took away the computers, and detained several of the all the employees who are all um, PRC citizens. And then that's all we've heard. Um, Mint made a big made a lot of noise about it at the start, got in the media, and then I think it's gone dark because I think they it's more constructive if they're trying to find a resolution to not keep banging on the Chinese about it and sort of let it sort of whatever they may or may not be doing in the background and try to figure that out. You know, they do due diligence. You can hire them to like, who's my business partner? You mm-hmm. know, you, you sort of your investment firm, potential, you know, the company that may be doing a joint venture, making investment, et cetera. Um, they're uh, very professional. They're like C-suite board level um, uh, company, very well known. Uh, I think very expensive, uh, not at all um, unprofessional. I mean, they're they're very, especially in China, they had a lot of experience and experienced people who understood where, um, at least historically, where potentially some of the red lines were. Clearly mm-hmm. something shifted. Um, either they just stumbled onto something and it was when you know they didn't realize what they were digging into and it was something that was very sensitive or the rules have changed the red lines have tightened or moved forward and they wanted to make a point yeah uh and you know i'll just say today there's a rumor going around i'm not going to name names but that starting yesterday there was a rumor going around that another firm was raided in shanghai and you know it's like lots of people are hearing this no one has confirmed it, it so it may not be true it may also be that the company wants to keep it quiet but it's it's more whether or not it's true, and I hope it's not true because it would be a very bad sign, but it's also just, uh, I think, an indication of the level of jitteriness because the um, it is getting, by policy, uh, uh, harder to get information and data out of China. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that's, the, that's why I would be very, very jittery if I were in the due diligence industry because the Chinese government is so uh, zealous about controlling the flow of information. And so I almost don't even know how you operate in that environment if you're trying to provide private enterprise with intelligence that the government is trying to suppress in a lot of different cases. And so uh, it, it's not surprising to me that those firms are having a hard time. But the fact that they were raided like that is pretty eye opening. I mean, for like a, a U.S. firm to have local staff apprehended uh, is an escalation. And all of this, as far as the retaliation is concerned, I've been wondering when we would start to see more retaliation for some of the restrictions that the U.S. has imposed over the last several years. So are, is any element of this surprising to you? Um, no. And, it, you know, it isn't it isn't also it's not clear, though, that, for example, the mints detentions are related to the U.S. restrictions. They could be, uh, you know, one thing that's that I think when it when it first happened, there was the whole the former vice premier went to Davos and, you know, a bunch you know, lots of the foreign attendees were like, oh, this is great. China's back. You know, they're open for business, et cetera. You know, they come back and then this mints things happens right before this big event called the China Development Forum. 
I mean, one of the things that came out of the 20th Party Congress, though, was, you know, this emphasis on, yes, we're going to continue with the economic development and we're continuing with opening up. But uh, very clearly, the, the theme of specifically better coordinate development and security. Mm-hmm. And by security, that means national security, which in Xi's China, basically everything is national security. And so one of the questions is, you know, this may not be related specifically to the U.S. sort of the semiconductor controls, um, but it's it's just a reminder that for as much as China is talking about they they're well they're open to foreign investment they're open for business they're open for private investors security has been officially raised up in ways that we haven't seen in a long time in China and things like this mince raid are a manifestation of that right um, and that is not a one off retaliation it's a sort of more of a kind of a uh, a, a, a broader change that change the whole ecosystem, yeah, going forward, right? And and if that if part of that is around um, getting information about China, I mean, for example, on uh, Saturday, the April fifteenth was National Security Education Day, which is a day that began, I, th- I think it was the seventh or eighth year, started under Xi Jinping, and the last few years, at least, the the, the Global Times will. Um, get a scoop from the Ministry of State Security where they'll they'll list out model cases of sort of national security violations. And one of the cases this year was around a supply chain auditing company that got into trouble in 2021, had offices raided. It was, a, it was the Chinese affiliate of a U.S. firm called Verite. Mm-hmm. And one of the people in, was highlighted was he's somebody who was basically being used by an overseas NGO to... Um, basically get data about Xinjiang and sort of how the supply chains in Xinjiang are specifically around cotton, uh-huh. right? And the whole allegations of sort of forced labor by the Uyghurs. And again, this thing was shut down. And basically that was a, a sign that it's, it's basically impossible now to do independent supply chain auditing in China. Right. So, you know, and then you do the due diligence. So Minsk is gone. Then it's like, okay, well, then it's impossible to do independent due diligence work of any kind. It's you know from a from a security perspective, of course, every, you know everything's national security. You have to tighten, you know, restrict, raise restrictions to information and, and data from China. You know, you have like the laws around data, the national. I mean, all sorts of there's all sorts of sort of legislative, um, inter, interlocking laws and regulations now that make it much more fraud and dangerous to collect and disseminate information about China. Which in um, turn makes it a lot more dangerous for private investment if you're Well, it, it also forward. makes it harder, right? So, so you've got these sort of, and that's right, that's what I was trying to get to is it, it, you have these contradictory forces because on the one hand, oh, we're open for business, we welcome foreign investors, we, you know, level, level playing field for foreign investors, for private investors. On the other hand, security is, while, you know, development and security are sort of balancing Security, the security guys are the ones you're afraid of, and they can basically do what they want. Right, and so it it, it really is it really is a sort of a contradictory impulse that I think um, if you know the mince the mince situation, we don't know what was going on, but it certainly looks bad. Um, if there's another foreign group or body that is in trouble too, that was doing some sort of research work or you know sort of, um, it just it just sends a signal that well yeah we say we're open business to foreigners but only if you don't ask a lot of questions so totally and, and if you send want us more your information money, <laughs> send us your money and we all we'll take care of it right? right which is which is not a message that big companies big funds people with fiduciary responsibilities really can live with right. and so then it means that 
again, while maybe you don't have companies playing out of China, it may just sort of further the, well, we're going to invest somewhere else. or we're going to focus on China for China. We're not going to, you know, but, but we're going to do the rest of the world separately because again, China is, it's, there are just too many known and unknown risks and, and those risks are increasing. Yeah. Well, Which is not what the Chinese government wants the world to think. The mince raids happening on the eve of the economic forum. And I know Tim Cook the was over there. Yeah. yeah. Like that's all. If you're Tim Cook and Apple, I mean, I, I really admired his ability to not get caught up in some of the photo shoots at that forum. <laughs> but it, it, I don't know how you look at a story like that. And everything over the last couple of years and not diversify and at least sort of mitigate some downside risk if things continue to devolve and get even more untenable than they already are. And like reading this Financial Times story, I feel like it should be more prominent as a national concern in the U.S. that China has the ability to curb Western access to materials and technologies that are critical to the global car industry. Like That's a, a pretty big deal and a pretty big point of leverage for the Chinese. And I also wonder how many other industries have similar dynamics. But, but to will they but but will they really like there was there's been talk multiple times over the years that, for example, China was going to limit. Um, in a meaningful way, limit access to certain rare earths, right? I mean, rare mm-hmm. earths, which aren't rare, but the processing is the problem because it's so dirty and China does a lot of the processing. And so in 2000, I think it was 2019, um, when the... Um, I mean, that's been like got, an omnipresent threat for the last right, but, five to and, seven and, years. Yeah. Yeah. So 2019, when things got really uh, uh, fraught in the US-China trade war, you know, she went and made this visit to this province and I think it was Jiangxi where they like, to do a lot of railroads processing. And basically it then became a thing where it was seen as this threat that China could hurt the U S by restricting exports of processed rare earths, mm-hmm. but they didn't do it because it also hurts China. Yeah. Right. And one of the, and one of the problems for, for the PRC policymakers in, in terms of responding to the um, various and especially the semiconductor controls from the U S is they don't have a lot of good options. Because most of what they do also hurts China. Mm. And, and so the, I think, you know, that's why it's, it's sort of this tar- slower and maybe it's targeted. Like there's the so investigation of Micron. And so Micron is, I think people in the industry were not surprised that Micron was kind of an obvious target because China has uh, reasonably good replacements. Okay. Right. So, so you can take them, you can go after them and cause them problems because it's not going to hurt you directly even yeah. if it hurts sort of perceptions of dealing with China, but that's a, lo- that's a sort of a lesser issue. They have to do something. And so going forward, what else they do? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it, I think that we'll see more things, but it, it is not a sort of a direct one-for-one reaction. I think we're going to see potentially things pop up in areas that maybe are a little bit surprising, but exa- I don't know. That's just more of a feeling than any sort of actual knowledge. All right, and that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive full episodes of this show, you can do that in two ways. First, you can go to sinicism.com and sign up for Bill's newsletter, which will also give you access to all of our Sharp China shows. Or if you want to receive all our Sharp China episodes along with daily analysis of the tech business from Ben Thompson, several other podcasts about technology, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come, you can click the link in your show notes and subscribe to Stratechery Plus.